It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's happening, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. It's your home of the Lacrosse Classified Podcast. That's this. Episode 124 about to come your way. Thanks for joining us. My name is Jay Kelly. My co-host name is Brad Challoner. And excited to be back with you talking lacrosse here on what is a rainy Sunday in the lower mainland. Bradley, the fire is stoked up in the living room here. I've got my sweatshirt and slippers on as we record EP 124. And looking forward to it as we are down to just three Hall of Famers left. And uh, we'll give you an update on, on two of them coming up a little bit later in the show. But this week... We're heading to Oakville, Ontario to talk with the owner, GM of the Toronto Rock about his late great friend in Terry Sanderson, NLL Hall of Famer in our calls to the hall in quarter two. We got uh, Stampede Stallion in quarter number four, and that kind of ties in nicely this week. We'll give a little foreshadowing there, sticking with the Toronto theme and uh, quick sticks coming up as well. And uh, quarter number one, Brad, a big focus coming up as well. How is it going on your Sunday? Uh, what? Sunday afternoon here. What's going on? It's going good, man. Nice nice to see you. Nice to hear your voice. It has been a gloomy one here on the West Coast this weekend. We did, sticking with the Toronto theme, though, we got a new Justin Bieber album on Friday. I so that's, that, that's, yeah. that's kept me warm and cozy over the last couple of days and hopefully provided some, okay, hang on a some second solace here. and some light to our listeners as well. Hang on a sec. Big Biebs fan over here as well. Uh, just kind of as of late, actually. Like, I never really got into Bieber. Now I'm kind of starting to get in. But anyways, I saw you tweet this new Justice album from the Beebs. And I went through it, but I swear I've heard like three or four of these songs on the radio already. So how new is this album? Well, I think there's 11 or 12 or 13 tracks. Four that four of the singles have come out early. So okay. here's a little insight on that from the music so I'm not industry. crazy. I'm like, this here's, is here's, Yeah, this is, this is little, little music industry side here. Pre, it, it, traditionally, going back to the 60s, you would release an album... Maybe the, maybe the first maybe the first single yeah. would come out a little a couple months before the album just to warm me up a little bit right so the single would come out song gets everybody fired up gets you to know the record then you buy the album and then maybe a couple months later another song comes out another song comes out another right. song comes out that's so what radio. I thought but that's your traditional way but today in today's world you get all the singles before the album comes out and you know why so yeah you did know Tell four of the songs why. you knew you you knew lonely you yes. knew holy you knew hold on and you holy know anyone which are Four songs we play across the Virgin Radio network. There you go. In, in yes, Canada, I get your plug in there. Um, so what happens now is all the singles come up before the album. They generate millions, in some case billions, of streams. Downloads. And then the album comes out, and now all those Gotta streams have the rest of the previous. No, all it. those songs previous, those streams now count towards the record sale. Ah. 
So if that if the, some of those songs are streamed a billion times, well, that's now that record on the day that comes out has technically been streamed a billion times. That's not fair to like Michael Jackson it can and Thriller. It number one. It can go platinum sooner. It can go diamond sooner. That's not fair. I know it is. It's there's a lot of there's a lot of manipulating the system these days in the music industry. But yeah, so for the songs you already known, there's a few that are probably coming to radio the next couple months. But uh, give it a listen if you haven't. Different feels on there. There's some summertime vibes. Um, but you say, yeah, you like him now because it's been, I'm going off on Bieber. Here, I didn't expect this tangent okay. from the start of the show. You're all worried about filling up a show today. Here we are. We talking no topics. Beeps. Yeah, talking to Biebs. You uh, like him now because it's been a full story. Now this is his, this is his reconciliation. This, this is him coming full circle. Okay. Uh, going back to his pop roots and... Well, and I'll looking say this. back on his past and reflecting now. Yeah, and that's know, he's he's all thing. grown up. He's been through life experiences. Married. But I'll say this about the Biebs. Like I kind of feel like if I hear one Justin Bieber song, I've kind of heard them all. Like he's got like he's got a very unique sound and style. But uh, it's all. Anyways, uh, let's uh, <laughs> let's put the Biebs aside. Hey, there's gonna be some. There's gonna be some NLL and there's gonna be some NLL locker rooms this December. Yeah, don't kid yourself. Don't you. kid yourself. The boys love the Beebs. Uh, everybody knows. Good Canadian boy. Episode 124, Brad. Uh, we mentioned it. Uh, Jamie Dow coming up. Terry Sanderson in quarter two. So we'll look forward to that. But uh, I think it's time. You ready for the big focus? Let's do it. It's big focus time. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Focus, big focus, big focus. Uh, big focus, Brad. I saw the NLL put this out. Uh, we were kind of kicking it around. What are we going to talk about? Big focus this week. Uh, NLL 35 moments. As I mentioned, I don't know if last week or the week before, with the canceled, <clears throat> excuse me, the canceled pandemic season was supposed to be the 35th anniversary of the National Cross League. No season, that one didn't count. So the upcoming 2021-2022 season will be the official 35th anniversary season. And the NLL is excited about this. And they've decided that they're going to put out the top 35 moments from the league's history. I love this idea. And and they're just kind of starting to roll this out. And I thought this was a good topic to be the big focus. So what are the, the two that they've rolled out so far in the first two weeks have been uh, the longest game in NLL history, which was a double overtime game Score between sheet. New York and Boston back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, Titans. Matt, Matt Vince, or sorry, that Titans, Matt Vince getting beat by a long outside shot uh, for Boston to win it in OT over New York. And the funniest thing I saw too was uh, Matt or, was there New York or was it Orlando? I, either one, okay. either one. It's a tight. I don't that. have the score sheet from, and it was Matt Vincent that who gets beat in double OT on on a on a very uncharacteristic uh, Matt Vince goal, a shot that he saves ninety nine point nine times out of hundred. And then even on Twitter this week, uh, I think it was Ed Camo tagged him and said, you know, tough loss, but you know, I think he must have been behind the bench or something. Yeah. And Matt Vince is like, yeah, apologizing for letting that one in <laughs> a decade later. Sorry, guys, should have had that one. Yeah. After 10, three three rings. Seven goaltender of the year champion or title, but yeah. that's that's why he's the best because he's still sorry boys let, let you down uh, three teams ago and a decade ago and he's still he's still talking about it so shout out to Vino today yeah but uh, so there was that one and then it was just basically saying um, Orlando Brad. Orlando just Orlando yeah 
and then the other one was uh, basically just celebrating um, um, Russ Krein and and Chris Fritz, who had the the spark of the Eagle Pro League uh, in back in 1986 to to get it going. So um, it got me thinking, though, like what are your top two, three moments that they may pop up on this list over the next 33 weeks, but they may not. So what are your couple highlights? Well, yeah, I I mean I <laughs> Caleb Toth. And the goal in Toronto shutting down Maple Leaf Gardens. I th- like. I think that's number one, and I think it'll be number one. I don't know what would top that, really. Um, man, if I'm going a little more recent, I got to think the Jeff Cornwall breakaway goal with 10 seconds left or whatever it was to win the championship has to be in that conversation and if I'm being a little bit selfish I think the day that the NLL returned to to the lower mainland in that first game the sellout at the Langley Event Center between the Stealth and the Swarm I I was jumping out of my skin ready to call that game uh so I think that one's always going to stick in my memory yeah, I got goosebumps thinking about that one. Justin Salt versus a rookie Look, Logan Shuss. Yeah, Gave him the old raccoon uh, eyes. Lewis, Lewis Ratcliffe scoring with seconds left to, to win in what was yeah. a tight game. My A couple of minor selfish too, like that at the LEC for sure. Um, going back to the LEC as well, the championship oh, game yeah, that preceded that. Yeah. 2013 Champions Cup between the Stealth and Rochester and Reese Dutch taking a shot in the final seconds. Matt Vince turning it aside and Rochester winning. Stop that one, didn't one it? One goal. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was that was number two of the three, Pete. And then the NLL moves back to the lower mainland full time. Take it a step further, the NLL moves back to Vancouver. Yeah. And the first game I got to call back in Rogers Arena was a goosebump moment because now the NLL had arrived back in the lower mainland, but now it had arrived back downtown. And that was that was a real special moment for me locally here. But give me um, like a grand schemer, like, you know, something that you watched, you're just like, holy shit. Well, again, it's selfishly, but this this one is legit. This was uh the last champions the last NLL finals with Dutchie scoring in yeah, overtime yeah, against yeah, Matt Fitz again. Redemption, but that was, you know, Reese Dutch uh, let go from the Warriors, isn't going to chance to try out for that team. Um, all the storylines that went into that, and then going into Calgary, I signing as a free agent, and scoring the game-winning goal in overtime. That against was, it was the a special goalie year. that stopped him back in 2013. Him. Yeah. That's cr- that, that, yeah. How about that that's for synergy spooky. or symmetry or whatever you want to call it? Yeah. That's, and then uh, another another moment for me, this is more so of an entire season, but a really special thing that happened was um, Ethan Iannucci run in 2008. Mm, yeah, like what? Seven, 71 goals uh, at the time set the smashed the goal scoring record. Like came out as a sophomore in Philly and scored like a hat trick a game in 16 games to to set a new record like for six. 71. Like well, he, what's seventy? What's seventy-one divided by sixteen? Well, yeah, he was. I'm not asking you that question. That's for sure. I know that much. Uh, let me get out my calculator, Brad, because. Uh, well, let's see. I'm gonna. I can. Four point seven five. So, like, just under five again. Well, I'll go on point seek right now and tell you what he did. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a ridiculous. Yeah. Dane Smith listen beat this. that listen record this. though, right? In eighteen. He did. Dane Smith says. Yeah, he's beat it seventy-two or seventy. Yeah, beat it by a few in in a, in a couple more games right, too. Right. But that season for Nooch, just following it from pretty much game one through the end, five, five, four, five, six, six, 
four, 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 three, four, four, six, three, four, four. So his lowest game of the entire hat-trick. season was a hat trick. That's insane. So that was that was pretty special like, to follow like, that. Really that, to that, follow was, that. Yeah, for sure. And the, but that, that team, like they more or less told Nooch to shoot every time down the floor. It was like him on offense, and everybody was like, "Get it to Nooch," sort of thing. But I guess when you're where you're you're on that kind of a tear, for, yeah, that's cool. That's definitely cool. Good. He's got multiple games here with over 20 shots on goal. 27 versus <laughs> yeah, the Swarm. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. 27 shots. I might be able to pump a couple. But he sort of came out of nowhere. And to be like lower mainland guys following that story, all of a sudden he was the face of the lacrosse world for a couple years there yeah. was pretty special. So I hope that that run is on the list. The Dane Smith won a couple or you know, a decade later. It will be on the list too, I'm sure, as he set, you know, a points record Point and a goal goals, record in yeah. the same season. Yep. So, but those those are a couple that sent out to me that I hope to see talked about over the next thirty three weeks here. So for sure, follow the NLL at NLL Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I think they got it all. I think they're on TikTok now. I haven't even checked that. Uh, I'm not a big TikTok guy, Brad. But uh, you can find it on their social channels. Thirty five moments, memories of the past thirty five years leading up to, to number one. I don't know how exact. Maybe it's uh, they're timing this up so number one is like right before face off weekend. Thirty five weeks. I'm not doing that math either. I'm sure. I'm. Um, I'm going to guess that it lines up to to pretty close to. That'd be the thing weekend. to do, wouldn't it? Um, I think that's it. Big focus is done. So is quarter number one. Let's go to quarter two, and let's talk to the owner and GM of the Toronto Rock. He's going to talk Terry Sanderson next here. Calls to the hall coming up on Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. This is NLL Hall of Famer and head coach of Panther City Lacrosse Club, Tracy Kluski. You are listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into quarter number two. Calls to the hall coming right up. But uh, not before I tell you about our friends at the Vancouver Warriors, Brad Schellner, uh, out there at the Fieldhouse, the spring break camp still go they actually had to add a third camp on due to popular demand and i think that one was already getting filled up don't waste any more time head to vancouverwarriors.com hit the community link tab check out the vancouver warriors academy and all the information will be there for you to consume and uh this has been wildly successful so far this spring break i know parents are always looking for somewhere to like pawn their kids off uh during spring break warriors academy i can't think of a better place why not drop them off with chris gill and riley lowen and matt beers and dan richardson go for it and uh i'll try to make this a warrior's note but uh shout out to to trey leclerc who just passed logan shuss as the all-time leading goal scorer at the Ohio State University with the Buckeyes. Logan, a big part of why Trey LeClaire chose Ohio State, went to Ohio State, got on Nick Myers' radar, and all these years later, all these years later, now the all-time leading scorer at Ohio State. So congrats, Logan, for for spotting that diamond all those years ago. And tra- congrats, Trey, for for getting that number. Yeah, well, what was he? A 16-year-old Trey LeClaire. You could tell this guy was gonna be a stud in junior A. And uh, four out of the top five all-time buck scoring. Logan Shuss, well, Trey LeClaire, Logan Shuss, uh, Joel Delgarno. 
and Jesse King, the natural, in there as well. Four out of the top five for the Bucks, all-time scoring. Western Canadian boys. Uh, shout out to Dan Richardson, who tweeted that out the other day. Always a big pipeline from BC to Ohio State. That continues to this day. All right, enough of this Western stuff. Uh, we're going to get Chugger back on, and he's going to be upset. This is supposed to be, yeah. This was supposed to be the tur- this was supposed to be the Toronto episode. We <laughs> talked Justin Bieber immensely off the top. Our Stampede Stallion later on will be a member of the Toronto Rock. Spoiler alert! And now joined by uh, the owner of the Toronto Rock, one Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how you doing? I'm good, thanks, guys. How you doing? Couldn't uh, well. Could be worse, could be better, I suppose. Uh, happy birthday, by the way, there, big fella. Uh, how, how, how'd that go? Did you have a good celebration for, for your day of birth? Can't complain. Um, you know, we're, we're still a little tighter on the lockdown out here in Ontario than you guys are out west, I believe. True, so, very uh, true. You know, not a heck lot, not a lot going on, but I'm okay with that. Um, you know, had a nice dinner with the immediate family that are, uh, around and not out of town and uh, no complaints here. Yeah, but just before we, we get on to Terry Sanders speaking on the family, like I'm trying to rack my brain here because it's it's been like two years since I've seen summer lacrosse almost. Uh, Jakey and, and Lukey got to be getting up there as far as like one's in junior A already. The other one's not far behind. Is that All, 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 three, all three of them are they're uh yeah my oldest will be 21 this year um so he he's got one year left to junior if they play this summer and then the other two are both yeah junior luke you'll be 19 soon and jake will be 18 before the end of the year and so, beaches uh, uh, is that is that where it's all no no josh is uh josh got traded from there to whitby before uh the last season, I guess, that we played, and uh, the other two are both with with Oakville. Oh, okay, good. You got them back in uh, back in home soil. Good, good stuff. Um, yeah, well, we're so. gonna we're gonna talk about your rock stuff uh, a little bit later, but we we have you on to talk about your late great friend Terry Sanderson, NLL Hall of Famer, and we thought you'd be the best guy to have on to talk about Terry. And I, I really don't know where to start with you, Jamie, I guess maybe tell me how your relationship with Terry began. Well, yeah. I mean, um, the thing that probably no one knows is, is when I, uh, bought the team kind of knew Troy a little bit through Oakville lacrosse and, um, you know, kind of approached, I approached Troy about, uh, coaching the team. And we started talking about that when he told me he had some interest I said to him, well, what do you think about the GM? And he basically said to me, you know, there's only one guy to hire and, and that's Terry Sanderson. And I want you to meet with him and then you make up your own mind. But, um, you know, so that's kind of how I met Terry. I mean, he became the GM for me from day one. And how long did it take you to decide that, that he was your guy pretty quick? Not very, not very long. I mean, you know, he, anyone that that knew T just uh, just uh, yeah he's he's just a different different guy like I I knew, I knew about him I knew about his reputation and all that before we had our our meeting face to face you know so I knew what he was all about and I knew he was a winner and I knew how he liked to build his teams and all things like that but I mean uh, spent a couple minutes with that guy and. And you're hooked, and uh, you know what a relationship we built from there. 
was he able to lay out a, a plan with you at that initial meeting? Like you guys were in the finals the next year and then won one two years later. So like, was that all sort of talked about at that time and how about you guys were going to get there? Well, not really so much. And, you know, I mean, there was, you know, and, and I, I, you know, when I bought the team, no, everyone thought that team was in a lot of trouble. Um, and, you know, they've been coming off three pretty disappointing seasons. Um, you know, T said he was going to put his stamp on the team. I mean, everywhere he went, his teams won. And T, T had certain players that he liked and, and certain style of players that he liked. And, you know, he'd, he'd tell you all day, uh, he'll take a team guy over a me guy any day of the week. He doesn't care how good he is, how, you know, like he's just not going to win with that guy. And, um, you know, he, he, he was the moment he, he took over the team. He went out and made a bunch of deals. And What and, are some know, of the, the deals of, that he made early on, Jamie? Tell me about those. Well, it, like day one, he traded, uh, I think, Pete Jacobs to someone to get Sandy Chapman back. <laughs> worked uh, out okay. Five rings later, yeah. Uh, they, they, he traded, uh, you know, another big one was uh, we got Flipper. Uh, Phil Sanderson from Buff uh, Buffalo, I believe, at the time for Chris Driscoll. Uh, brought those two guys in. You know, we obviously had, you know, and then Doyle. I, now, the Doyle one didn't go down till the eve of the season. So that one didn't kind of happen right away out of the gate. But, um, you know, that would have been another huge one, too. But, you know, T, T had his guys, right? Like, he always had his guys. And, you know, Cam Woods, who was on our team when, when, I bought the team and T came in. I mean, there was another one of his guys. Um, you know, Brucey was one of his guys. Obviously, Shooter was one of his. I mean, he just had all these guys. Now, they were all very talented players. But even, you know, better than that, they were they were winners and they were competitors and, and they were teammates. And, and that's what he wanted to surround and, himself with. And I think they – the other thing is for him is that they knew what to expect when they arrived. Like there was no surprises either way. Right. Like Terry knew what to expect out of them and they knew what, what to expect out of T. Yeah. And, and he didn't blow any punch. Uh, like, you know, I, I, to me, he was one of those guys that, you know, as long as you showed up and gave it an honest effort and had your teammates backs and whatever, uh, you know, he, 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 he'd be a great, you know, I, I call him a, players coach but everyone played with this everyone it was so weird to kind of watch from the outside looking in but all these guys played with such a fear of t but it wasn't a it was a fear of letting him down yeah Yeah. you know it was it wasn't the fear of you know the it was just it was and i saw it year after year with different guys you'd bring in old guys that had been around him before and it was just, it was the same with everyone. Everyone had that fear of, of letting him down, which in turn brought out the best in, in all those players. So it's not a fear of you're getting scratched or you're getting traded. It's it's a fear of of letting down this this legend who's put faith in you. That's exactly that's exactly what it was. And and you know, like I mean, I obviously don't didn't watch T play growing up, but when you read this, you know, talk to guys <laughs> that he used to play with. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a guy that would score 50 plus goals, 
75 plus assists and then have 150 penalty <laughs> minutes. I mean, like it just, so, and you know, it, it's not like, and, and the other thing with guys like him, like, you know, he's not asking anyone to do anything that he wouldn't do for his, his teammates or to win either. So pr- pr- pretty, pretty cool. I mean, and now is, and, and, and then I'd say as much as he liked to win, you know, um, and, and as much as that's what we tried to do, there was, you know, the, there was nothing worse than the losses. And those were, were where we spent so much time talking about and kicking ourselves and, you know, love to win, hated to lose. I mean, him and I were, couldn't be more exact same in that whole mentality. So, you know, on nights where we lost games, we'd be on the phone all night just talking about this and that. You know, when we won, we, we wouldn't, you know, obviously we talk about things and whatever, but it's always seemed like it was always after the losses that you get into these, uh, heavy, you know, long heavy whatever. Yeah. yeah, trying to figure what, what did we do wrong or what's wrong or, or whatever. But uh, when I look at uh, the Toronto Rock under your general managing, Jamie, I see a lot of the same maybe same philosophies like there's a core there and i think toronto probably has the least amount of turnover year after year you've got your your core defenders and and the guys that that they've built around was that a conscious thing that you learned from t to keep to keep a core group together yeah well i mean listen it starts with starts with everything i try first and foremost everything i try and do um you know is based on what i kind of watched him do the whole time i was with him and, and working alongside of him. And, and that's really why, and, you, you know, you I, didn't I, we're trying and... to continue. All we want to do is continue his, the foundation he built there. So I'm just trying to follow in his footsteps with that. But and that's really why you didn't go hire another GM, Jamie, right? Like that was kind of part of the reason is that you wanted to continue on that legacy and, and, and soak up that information that you learned from him and continue on with that. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you, at, at when when this all went down, I mean, I the the, the plan was I, I was going to do it at the time because of when this happened and whatever, it just wasn't the right time to bring someone else in. And there was no one kind of internally at the time sitting in the wings, you know, to naturally take that over. Um, you know, so I didn't have any intentions to, but, you know, I, I've, I've surrounded myself with some good people around me and you know, we're all kind of on the same page, basically back to the foundation that he's kind of laid here and, and how he, he, he's taught us that the, you know, the franchise needs to be run to be successful. And, uh, you know, everything I do running this team, I think about what he'd do and, you know, probably even times, you know, at a draft or this and that, you know, certain moments, big moments, big wins, things like that. You know, I always kind of up to him and, and just, you know, knowing what, what he'd be feeling in that moment or, or whatever. So, uh, you know, Hey, Hey, listen, as far as I'm concerned, he's really never left us. He's, you know, he, he's going to be part of, part of what we do. Well, you and, and Matty Sawyer, we're not doing it anymore. Yeah, and Matty Sawyer really teased disciple as far as coaching goes as well. So it's almost like you, you have a piece of him as the GM and then you, you have his protege as, as your head coach now. Yeah, yeah, and him and Maddie, him and Maddie had a good relationship, you know, on the floor, off the floor, and you know, Brucey too. I mean, you know, I'd say Brucey was probably like, you know, you know, him and Shoot were were besties growing up, and 
you know, would have spent a lot of time together playing a lot of lacrosse. And, um, you know, I, I know T was a huge fan of Brucey's as well. So, I mean, yeah, we got a lot of, you know, we have a lot of representation and, uh, um, a lot know, of Orangeville, and, Jamie, a lot of Orangeville surrounding you. There. Yeah. Not, not nearly as much as we used to have, you know, I, uh, and, and, but that's just worked that way. You know, um, we're familiar, we're familiar with them. So, you know, it's like everything else, right? When you're familiar with something, when you watch a guy play for 10 years, um, you know, you don't really need someone else to tell you what that person's all about, yeah. you know? So I, I think, you know, I, that's the familiarity um, ha has been the big Orangeville connection over the years, but um, you know, a lot of, a lot of great ball players coming out of there. Jamie, big things happening right now around the around the Toronto Rock Athletic Center, and another guy that was under T for a long time, Colin Doyle, a big part of that. Um, what's it like having Colin Doyle so close to the organization these days? Well, it's good. It's good. I mean, Colin's been involved a lot since since he left, but over the last little while, we really ramped things up as we're trying to take our uh, programming there to the next level, and we got a bunch of new things. Um, you know, we're excited about introducing in the not too uh, distant future and expanding our programming. But, you know, right now, listen, we're trying to, we're, we're under, you know, pretty tight restrictions here still in Ontario, as far as group sizes and what you can do. And there's still no games and, and stuff like that. So, you know, we're, we're, we're just trying to provide, give these kids an outlet, man. They've been all locked up for a year now. And, and, and we just want to, you know, we want them to come out and have fun and get their stick in their hands and, and, so right now we're, we're, we're extremely busy and in, in small group sizes around the clock and, and just trying to get kids back out, having fun and, and trying to get back to some somewhat of the new normal, I guess. Speaking with the owner and GM of the Toronto rock, Jamie Dowick, as he speaks to, to Terry Sanderson, a little rock talk here as well. Uh, I see uh, you hired Paul Tutka as well, Jamie. And I think that is a, a fabulous decision. Not, not too many guys better in the game as far as cover and lacrosse goes than Tuts. And one of the things he showed me was a uh, brand new turf going down there at the track. That looks pretty snazzy. Yeah, thanks. Uh, well, both. I mean, yeah, Paul and I have kind of talked for a long time over the years, and and we've currently uh, brought him in with the with the track side of the operations, and and uh, you know he's doing a lot for us there, so we're real excited about that, and and I agree with you about you know his lacrosse knowledge on on that stuff, and then and the turf. You know, it was just time, man. I mean, uh, it was just time. Like, a little more red, a little really... more red this time around. Yeah, we went with the just to change it up. We went with the red creases and the red change boxes because, you know, the one side's considered the blue arena, and so ah. I, we 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 weren't sure how it was going to look, but uh, I think it turned out real well, and I think it just finishes that facility off. I mean, we got to the point where our programming was, you know, over overusing one floor kind of and yeah you know it's it is it is a little these kids get a little spoiled and it's a little tough when kids show up and you say okay you're on the turf today and you're on the concrete yeah. <laughs> you know so uh Sorry, guys like it, yeah. yeah so we felt like it was uh time just to uh finish that off and, and we're pretty excited and proud of that now December 3rd and 4th targeted for face-off weekend for the NLL's 35th season. Jamie, how uh, how hopeful are you that we can hit that date 
this time around? I know Ontario, again, you mentioned they're, they're behind where we are in BC, but you know, are you super confident, a little bit confident, not confident at all? Where, where are you at? Well, you asked me two questions there. The first one I'll say is I'm, I'm super hopeful. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't imagine, um, you know, what, what the case will be if we, if we can't pick up and go by that. Um, you know, I, I like to believe we're going to be in a situation, you know, where, where most people that, you know, want to be vaccinated are going to be vaccinated by then. And, and, and I think, you know, I just, you know, and I don't I have no idea, but I, I believe that might be a factor into people getting into large gatherings like sporting events or concerts or things like that. So, uh, you know, I, th- I think we should be all in the position that we're able to get that done. And hopefully that's going to open things up because, you know, our league needs it and, uh, you know, the sport needs it. And it's it's been, you know, I'm not a player, so I mean, I can only imagine it's even tougher on them. But you know, it's a long time since these guys have been out on the floor doing what they love to do. So, um, been a you long know, time since we've been in the booth, too, Jamie. I'll, t- I'll tell you that. Uh, no, I hear you. I, yeah. I mean, everything, just everything in general, right? Like, it's yeah. just, it's been a bizarre year, and uh, you know, I think we're all ready you know we're getting, ready well getting, i mean getting a little tired and a little frustrated but you know it is what it is and, and unfortunately just like a lot of things that have happened there's there's not there's not much you can do about it you just got to deal with it good bad or indifferent wear your mask uh that's what you can do speaking of all that jimmy when we do get rolling how you how you feeling about the roster like i know some news and it seems like it's been so long ago but a lot of a lot of change on the roster a little bit there and uh, how you feel? I guess you know if you got twenty three in your lineup, you're you're gonna, you're going to be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, he's okay. I uh, listen. I couldn't I couldn't feel any better about our lineup. Um, you know, we felt great about our lineup when when the last season came to a halt, um, and we feel up. You know, and then after that, made a couple trades for Noble and DeSnoo. Mm-hmm. You know, Latrell Harris didn't play for us the year before. Jonesy didn't shred. Like, these guys didn't. So, we feel like we're going to be a lot better than we were. Um, and, uh, you know, I know Doss is going to play till he's 50, but we, we, need to, <laughs> we need to get going here, you know. Like, uh, yeah. we need to get back on the floor before. Uh, but, no, we're – listen, I'm, I'm super excited about my team, as I'm sure a lot of other people are. Um, you know, I can't wait to get out on the floor and, and let the boys, uh, do all the talking. Any, any timeline or anything like that about when we're going to know about free agency and, and when, when rosters can sort of open that back up again? Well, I mean, I think there, there's a bunch of, because we didn't play a season, there's a bunch of things that have to be sorted out. Yeah. Um, Contract status you know, and all that, I would right? Think Pardon me. Contract status and like who's sure yeah. all that all that stuff, right? It, it's pretty complicated, but I mean, I would think there is an expansion draft this year. I, I would think we since we're starting basically when we normally start, I would think we probably get on a regular kind of timeline as far as all that goes. Which if if they sort the contract, all this other stuff out, you know, in in pretty quick time, you know. Uh, what would that be? Expansion draft, probably July. Free agency, I think, is usually August 1, isn't it? Somewhere around uh, there. Yeah. Something around there, draft in September. So, um, you know, I think I think to probably 
and get everything done that needs to be done so we can get back on a regular timeline, um, that would be beneficial for everyone. Um, before we let you go here, Jamie, okay, well, I got two questions for you. First, I'll give you the option. You can tell us where and when the next expansion team is going to be announced, uh, what the Albany name of the team is going to be, uh, when is the, the NLL Hall of Fame going to be. I'm going to give you options here. You got to break some news for us on Lax Class. Go. All right. Um, <laughs> Albany team name? Give it to me. No, I, no idea. Okay. Um, expansion team? Sooner rather than later. Okay. <laughs> I'll take it. And what was the last At one? The Hall of Fame relaunch. Because this is oh. th- this is what we're all about here. That's coming, right? It's coming. It's well, it is coming. I mean, yeah, I, we're all wait, we're all waiting for it. And you know, like, I think you got maybe two of the three top guys. And you know, yeah. I, I, listen, I make Junior Doyle and Willie are going. Call, in. Yeah, well, and Colin Doyle's been waiting. You know, and I'm only going to speak about him. I'm not going to speak about anyone else, but. You know, based on the way things have gone, this guy should have been into the Hall of Fame right away and, and one of the greatest players to play in this league. And, you know, he deserves that. Well, while he doesn't care, he deserves that recognition because he's as good as they get and he's a Hall of Famer and everything that the Hall of Fame is about. Yeah, a thousand know, percent. He represents. So, so a thousand percent. Uh, I, I think that's coming. I, I think that's coming. Um Sooner rather than later, maybe later rather than the other sooner. Okay, fair enough. Give us, give us, give us one more guy not in the Hall of Fame that should be. We asked that to, to all our guests, Doyle and Junior, being the no-brainers. But who's not in that that should be? Not in that should be. Oh gosh. Um, I'll tell you, a couple of guys have put Sandy Chapman's name. I, the, yeah, the but I mean, Sandy Chapman really hasn't had a chance to be in yet, right? He yeah. reti- They haven't done one since he retired. So listen, Ch- Ch- Chappie's, I mean, anyway. See, the problem with all, a lot of these guys, especially the defenders, it's really tough, especially if you didn't play with them or didn't get to know them. But, you know, just you you, you talk to people that, that know guys and got to play with guys and, and this and that. And Sandy Chapman is... Uh, you know, as great as they get. Phil, Phil, Phil Sanderson, yeah. there's a name for yeah. you. I'll throw Phil Sanderson out there because I think that was a guy, you know, back to one of these guys. I had, you know, and yeah, he was his nephew, but underrated, man. Underrated yeah. career team. cut short underrated. Too, right? Yeah, and, and, and dealt with some a lot of bad blows, and he was an underrated, awesome, smart team defender. And, uh, Funny guy, you know, stat, stats as a defender, they're not, they're not there, yeah. but – he was a guy, you know, Cam Woods. There's another guy. Yeah. I'd take Cam Woods on my team my team any day of the week, and you'll win with that guy. He's just – that's what – you need You need guy, more guys both like of that. The, I think both of those guys have been suggested at least once, both Flip and, and Woodsy. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well done, uh, Jamie Dowick. Thanks for the info, and thanks uh, for talking about Terry, man. Uh, I know it was, uh, you know, just devastating when, when he passed and, and – Man, I miss him. I, I know you do as well, and, and I really appreciate you coming on to, to have a chat with us. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime you want to talk about tea, I got I got time for that. So thank you. All right. Thanks, Happy Jamie. birthday, bud. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Take- there you go. Jamie Dowick, uh, always friend of the program, Brad. Love having Jamie Dowick on because you get – 
you get so much perspective. He's he's honest. Jamie Dobick is raw Straight and honest. And that's, and, but like you get love the, that. you get the owner, you get the GM, you get the the, the summer. Yeah, you get you get, the NLL, you get business. You get, you get business. You get nuts and bolts. You get roster talk. Yeah, you get uh, all in one there. All in one. And uh, that is, of course, a presentation of Stampede and Tack, where they're all about classics, like Jamie Dawick. There really isn't anything more classic than a Storm Rider jean jacket. Wouldn't that look good on a poker table? Oh, my goodness. The Storm Rider line jean Timidity. jacket with its corduroy collar features the classic Storm Rider styling that has become one of the most popular jean jackets of all time. The jean jacket is perfect for year-round use. It goes with another classic, the plaid shirt. Be sure to drop by Stampede and Tack in Cloverdale, BC, at the corner of Highway 10 and 180th Street, where you'll find an outstanding collection of jean jackets and plaid shirts. Or you can always shop online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Uh, You you read that so well, I might just go out and get myself a Storm Rider and a plaid shirt after that. I'm ready to get plaided up. Never too many (laughs) plaid shirts in the collection. Western night just around the corner at a rink. God, let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, that was a great chat there and, and some good nuggets, uh, as you like to say, Brad. Uh, expansion sooner than later, right? Uh, Hall of Fame sooner than later, but maybe later than the other sooner. So uh, it's coming, man. It's coming. We're done on quarter two. We're going to quarter three. Quick sticks are up next here on EP2124. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Kevin Crowley from the Philadelphia Wings. You're listening to Lax Clash, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Quarter number three, quick sticks here on Lax Clash. Jake Kelly, Brad Chandler with you. Uh, big thanks to Jamie Dawick there. Lots of good info coming out of JD and, and some great memories and stories from one Terry Sanderson as well, Brad. And, and I know you put a tweet out uh, a little bit earlier before we, we hit the record button and asked fans alike for, for their best Terry Sanderson moment and memories. And you got a few there. All outside the NLL, mind you. So this just shows the impact that he had, not just in, in the national lacrosse league, but in junior a, um, in, in major series as well across the country. So, uh, Thanks for people that, that chimed in online this week. Kelly West uh, says, seeing Josh Sanderson and T holding the Man Cup, Man Cup together after Brampton won the Man Cup in 2009 oh, against the Bellies. Man, those, those, were, those, were, those are a little sore spot for, for Westerners like us. Like yeah. 2008, the, or 2009 rather, the greatest, maybe the greatest Man Cup I think it is, Brad. Like, and I know time. the Bellies lost that one and, and is a super tough pill to swallow. Um, I... I, I can't think of a better series than that. Four we've overtime from, games, a double overtime game, a bench-clearing brawl in game one. We've heard from so many players on this show and outside this show that reference that series as as the best thing they've ever seen or been involved with. That's yeah. that's Colin Doyle. That's Dan Dawson. Um, that's legends of the game who have played in every yeah. situation imaginable. And they go, man, oh, man, if people only knew – what happened in 2009 i know and and i've always wanted to go back and watch that series and and of course the guy that produced uh the archive or the the webcasting of that no longer with us so i don't know if anyone from brampton or or maybe even dan richardson has a i'm I'm, like i'm a little bit scared to ask dan for it like (laughs) i don't know (laughs) if he threw it in the fireplace or whether he still got it or 
So, anyways, I would love to to go back and, and watch that series. So, if anybody out there is listening to this and has copies of those DVDs, please get a hold of me because I I called that series and I've never been able to go back and watch it, which which is on my list. Um, Chad T. Douglas yeah. says, uh, "My first year as a timekeeper for Brampton, 2008, we won the Man Cup again against the Bellies. Uh, during the celebration, Terry and Troy accordingly each took a moment to come over to me, shake my hand, and thank me for the work I had done. So that's that's class right there. Like you got to represent and and thank the organization from top down. That's your timekeepers. That's your 50-50 sellers. That's your ticket rippers. That's that's everybody. And sounds like T. recognized those guys as well. Absolutely." And Bryce Davidson at Muskoka Coach 18 played junior uh, against Terry. His Orangeville's teams were always tops in Ontario. Has anything changed? Orangeville, ha-ha, no. Uh, not known for many, my offensive prowess or stick skills, but Terry always had time to chat, treated me with kindness and respect whenever we saw each other. He was a great man. And then one more NLL on this from our good friend uh, Casey Dawson at Casey Lee D., uh, he remembers the Montreal Express, like one and done in Montreal, but that town and some lacrosse fans there still That's thinking about Casey that into a season that fan. they had. Yeah, the Express. Yeah, and, and we did, and we did hear from uh, from from Oliver Marty a few weeks ago saying they were looking at Montreal when they when they opted for Albany. So maybe the league open to getting back to Montreal. I got a little more info on that actually over the weekend, Brad. And it wasn't actually the bell center that they were looking at brand new building in Laval, uh, Uh. which I think has like a capacity, 15, 16,000 brand new building there. So that's, uh, and I also found out like Albany has agreed to not put a hockey team in, uh, in Albany. So they're going to be the number one, tenant there and they are like all about the lacrosse team in albany so that is that is really they have an unreal deal with the building is is what i understand so uh that that is a huge thing for for teams their relationship with the building that they play in goes such a long way into that team's success or not so good news there in albany but it was laval that they were looking at uh in quebec there so Quick sticks, right? Do you got a do you got a Terry Sanderson moment or memory? Like, did you ever meet Terry or have a chance to talk talk with Terry? No, I never never met Terry. Never shook his hand. Just knew sort of what he represented, and obviously the tree of people that have had success under him. You know, when I when I look back at at, at the league and, and and the stops that he made, like to me, it just it was just obvious that he was the guy that you called when when you were in trouble or you wanted to build something new or you needed to revitalize something or save something. Yeah. He was the guy to come in and resuscitate your franchise or kickstart your franchise. And that's just a testament to, to he, who was and, and his culture building that everybody, that everybody talks about. I kind of want to compare him to like Mike Keenan, iron Mike Keenan of, of the NHL sort of thing. Like he could turn your franchise around in a real big hurry. Um, I got to know Terry a little later on in in my lacrosse career. Like we, I, I was ninety three. He coached the Orangeville team in the Minto. I never, you know, I never met the opposing coach during then. But he would start to make his way out to the West uh, to to do scouting trips before NLL drafts, and and of course I knew who he was. So I always kind of made a point to go say hi to Terry, and we had conversations. But we had a great night one night. I want to say it was twenty thirteen in in Toronto after the NLL Hall of Fame, and and the draft went down. And it's funny, both Terry and I, 
like couldn't get out of our suits fast enough after the draft. We both went up to our rooms and got out of our suits. I had a bit of a headache that night, but me and Terry just kind of sat down at the end of the bar that night and just, you know, kind of traded war stories a little bit and just sat there and had like a couple three hour conversation just kind of off to the side. And uh, I will always remember and, and cherish that conversation with Terry and man, um, just so much wisdom and knowledge inside that head of his and you don't have to look too far i mean josh is about as successful as it gets and and you can put a direct correlation to to terry on that so uh again great conversation there with jamie and and uh rest in peace terry sanderson as uh let's start it off with this brad here in quick sticks i mentioned a little update on the two remaining hall of famers and i gotta give a shout out to to our guy here frenchy who mike french uh you know glenn clark bless him uh dedicated listener of the, the program here head coach of albany said you know like i hear you're having a hard time getting the gates you want me to talk to french and i said you know at this point yes i do glenn <laughs> if you would i would appreciate it so bringing in the big gun yeah so it. you know we, we tried kevin kevin got me paulie's number i didn't get into, you know i don't want to get too far into it anyway so mike Reached out to to both Paul and Gary, and uh, they got reply got replies from them both. And I guess when when Mike French uh, asks you to do something, and you're the Gate Twins, uh, so anyways, I'm just waiting for for a contact back from both of them. But things are looking good to get Paul and Gary uh, to finish off this Hall of Fame series, which was the most important thing to me. Brad is that I didn't I didn't want not only to not get two of the most important Hall of Famers in the league's history, but I didn't want that look on them to be the only two guys that didn't do this. We've Everybody that we've asked has been so accommodating. And the, the whole thing with Paul and Gary, is it's it's not that they don't want to come on and give back to the game. They hate talking about themselves. And they know that's exactly what we want to do for these interviews is talk about their Hall of Fame careers. And I think that's why they've been reluctant. Well, and we can steer it in a million different directions too. Like I was thinking about what am I going to ask Gary Gate, you know? Yeah. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be who gave you your first stick or, you know, how did you get so creative and how did you get to Syracuse? Like I think those stories have been told a lot before. So yeah. I think it's on it's on you and me to come up with some questions that okay. they're going to have some have some fun with. So I accept it as a challenge. And also like heads up, we didn't, we didn't reach out to these guys until very late. So it's not like we've been no, trying to call Gary since yeah, September no. <laughs> either. Let's save the best for last. It's only been like a couple of weeks of going back and couple forth. Texts, couple co- texts. Ex- trying to chase these guys down. So it hasn't been, yeah, yeah it hasn't been and a listen, six month. Gary's in the middle of a, a six month process. Yeah, Gary's in the middle of a, a season with the Syracuse women's team and, and Paul's got the business going. So they're both busy guys, but I, I'm really hoping we get them separately just to keep the continuity that we've had so far. And uh, I'm confident, I'm, I'm feeling positive that we're going to make that happen. So look forward to that in the, in the next uh, couple of weeks here to round out this Calls to the Hall series. Uh, just a couple of guys left now. And uh, with that being said, Brad, uh, we've been talking about it for weeks now. we got a couple of lawnmowers we want to give away we got two more weeks for content ideas, and then not only do we have to pick the winners of, of these content suggestions, but then we have to actually kind of put pen to paper and, and make these things come true. So we got we got some brainstorming and talking to do about what the future of this podcast is going to look like. But 
Without I smell me, a hike up Burnaby Mountain to discuss these I, I like in where, such important matters. I like where you're going with that. Actually, uh, I'm, I might come out uh, to White Rock Way because I, I found out there's a couple of trails out there that I want to hit up. But we'll talk about that later. Anyway, so ways to get at us here. Email lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. If you're not on social media, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. If you are on social media, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Find a way to get at us at Lacrosse Classified or at Lax Class. Give us your suggestion of what you want to hear from us for the next several months until the actual official return of lacrosse comes, whether that's in the summer or whether we're waiting until December. Either way, we need things to talk about here on the pod. So give us your suggestions and get yourself entered into winning a lawnmower 3.0 from our friends at Manscaped. And we're just going to give this to you. All you have to do is give us a suggestion. Anything doesn't to add get much to that? Easier. No. Does, no, no, it doesn't get much easier. Get your uh, get your suggestion in. Here's some content you want to hear and get your balls shaved all in all in <laughs> one stroke of a tweet. <laughs> It's pretty one, easy to put together. One stroke of a tweet. One like stroke it. of a tweet. I like it. Okay, so we got a ton of quick sticks to get through this week, Brad. So let's rip on here, shall we? Nepean Minor Lax gets a shout-out, and this going to be Ontario-focused a little bit here this week, just so you're aware. Nepean Minor Lax free lacrosse. I saw Colleen Grimes put out a tweet asking about what the three biggest registration markets are in Ontario. Nepean is on that list, and part of that is because they offer free lacrosse to the youngsters, the mini tykes, the, you know, the kids out there to come try the sport for free. And then if they want to register after that and play lacrosse, that's almost like free money to them. So this organization, they put out the money for the floor time, invite whoever wants to come and try it for free, and then hopefully they snag a couple of kids to play lacrosse. And I really think more organizations need to take this approach to get their registration numbers back up. Get your guys, your juniors, your U17 guys into the schools, teaching the youngsters the skills, get them interested in the game, and watch your numbers go up. It's, it's brilliant. It's almost like the marketing tactic for lacrosse most of the time, where it's like, just give people a ticket, get them to come to the game, and they'll be hooked. And that's sort of what this yeah, tactic is like. And it, it, overcomes every, it overcomes all the hurdles from the parents who, especially in tough in tough financial times right now, in, in a pandemic where people don't have the income in, in some cases if they've been laid off. And this gives a, a no-excuses chance for people to try out this sport. So I think it's absolutely brilliant, and, and kudos, and I hope, and I pray that that there's organizations across the country that follow suit. Me too. Uh, more Ontario. MSL draft went down on Thursday. I kind of got to be a little part of it with Stamper and Gregoire. I think some stuff will be coming out uh, via social media soon. But congrats to Kyle Waters, who was the number one overall selection to the Brooklyn Lacrosse Club. They took a couple other Northmen and Deacon and Pratt as well. Um, they did it virtually via Zoom. I had a chance to kind of be a spectator to that, but I uh, just want to say congrats to all the MSL draftees as they hope to get their season rolling July the 5th. Something else I forgot to mention last week was we were talking about players and their voices and writing, and I said I was going to talk about it, and I forgot to talk about it. Our boy, Brad Challenger, Johnny Lance. Behind the Cage will be doing some writing here for the Lacrosse Flash website, and I'm really looking forward to this. I love that. I love John Lance, too. Friend of the program. Uh, he's an educator. So, you know, I love the way the teachers can describe the game. You hear it from a lot of players around the league that are 
that are teachers as well. They just, you know, they have a knack for, for getting their point across and for telling a good story. And John Lynch has always been one of the most well-spoken guests we've had on this show. And I can't wait to hear, to, to read what he, what he has in print. A great, a great member of the team. Mark my words, future coach in the NLL. He's already been a coach in the NLL, remember? I I know, but I'm talking like long-tenured coach in the NLL. Ontario Lacks University, referring back to Colleen Grimes here, putting on some stuff for boy Chuck Ragusa. Uh, did a little presentation on this. I'm still trying to get more information to see if we can go back and watch archives on this, but uh, check out Ontario Lacks U. I retweeted this. Somebody kind of got on me talking about, I can't remember who it was, but talking about all the things we talk about on Quick Sticks, and it would be great if we could post links and, and all the rest of it to stuff that we're mm. talking about to, so people can. And most of the time, I know you may have to scroll a little bit, but these are things that I have either retweeted or tweeted out myself throughout the week, uh, either from the Cross Classified account or my own personal account. So you may have to do a little bit of scrolling, but it'll be there uh, because I just, like, I can't. Oh, I like the idea. I, I, I want a one-sheeter, Jumbo. I want a one-sheeter. Okay, well, that might be a responsibility to, to fall on your shoulders. If... We, need, we, need, we need an intern. Yeah, we do. Oh, there you go. If you, hey, <laughs> you want to intern for Locks class, let me There's know. There's another quick stick, yeah. Um, new team in the TLL as we stick in Ontario once again here, Brad. Oshawa. Terry Lloyd heading up this franchise. Uh, esteemed Terry Lloyd. Hall of Fame Terry Lloyd, I believe. Uh, heading up the Oshawa region and hotbed of lacrosse. I don't know how it's all going to work competing with Whitby and all the rest of it in the TLL, but we'll see. So that makes four teams now. In the TLL. The TLL TLL's not slowing down. No, at Ted all. Nolan in the circle of excellence now. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to see what happens with the TLL. I know I don't think we scoffed at the start, but there was a lot of like, okay, do, do we need another league at this point? And there was a great article in the Peterborough Examiner last mm, last week by Mike Davies, and he actually interviewed um who did he interview here? Vince Hunt, co owner of the Burlington team. Mm. And, you know, some great quotes about what the PLL is trying or what the TLL is trying to accomplish, why they're doing it, who they're targeting. Um, they're only targeting your your own catchment. So yeah. they really want to be focused about you know, no Burlington kids are going to be traveling to Six Nations or playing in Six Nations. Like the Six Nations team will just be Six Nations players. The catchment areas will be a little bit different and expanded. I think like Tri-Cities is, yeah. is Kitchener-Waterloo like region, to, right? to Cambridge, to, to Guelph. Like that's a pretty big spread yeah, in, in Ontario, yeah. but that's going to be Tri-City and that's going to be their catchment area. It's going to be guys that maybe, it, I'm curious to see what kind of like certified legit junior a players like, are, are they gonna, gonna have to choose their own chum yeah they are gonna have to choose they're, they're gonna be competing but i think what the tll is trying to say is hey there's a lot of good junior b players that don't want to travel yeah. maybe this is a chance for them to play and there might be kids that go you know what well, i'm gonna be treated a little bit differently and be treated a little bit better the coaching is gonna supposed to be really good and i'm gonna be playing nll rules and i can play when i'm 22 years old so what kind of guys are you gonna get that are gonna go hey i want to play in this tll under nll rules and not go to major series for a year. Like there, there might be something there too. Yeah, so yeah. No, I'm this, paying this attention. Plot, this plot thickens, man. I'm paying attention for sure. They got my attention, and and uh, we still want to have Jake Henhock on uh, on the program here to to talk all about it in, in the coming weeks as well. And speaking of player rights here, Brad, we saw Brampton put out a tweet about 
their protected players from a year ago, including one Jeff Teat, who is now a free agent, along with a couple of other guys, Bordeaux, I believe, and I can't remember the other guy, McClelland, I think. So these were guys that were protected in the MSL draft. You're allowed to protect four. There's four guys, but they weren't compensated from Owen Sound. I think it was like a $300 tab per player that like you had to acquire. They didn't. They didn't pay this, and now those four players can go play wherever they want. And now there's other teams stepping up. KW coming out right before the draft and said, oh, yeah, uh, these guys are free agents. You don't own them. So keep an eye on this because this could really go any direction. I, To me right now, <laughs> the amount of dumpster fires going on in the province of Ontario lacrosse-wise is crazy. Yeah, and the other one was um, Coburg. Coburg had protected graduating Kitchener players. That's the one but, I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. But there's no affiliation there. Coburg and Kitchener. Yeah, the they're saying we're not affiliated, affiliated anymore. So you don't get you don't get those players. Those guys can go wherever they want. So that's what. Yeah, that's what you're. Yeah, that's you're what I'm saying. I know. Like it just. It's crazy. I'm not surprised that. You know, and this is no disrespect to the MSL, and this is kind of unrelated, but like this is why the TLL is going to do what they're doing right now because they were sick of jumping through OLA hoops to get to do what they need to do to to get their league going. And yeah. you know, with all this fallout and all these stories that come out week to week, like how, how what, what's going to be the breaking point here? Like when does the MSL just say we're out? Well, of the apparently, OLA I think they're. They're they're loading up their proverbial gun here as well, Brad, with some ammunition to to come back about all the allegations and everything that's been said and all the rest of it. So stay tuned for that. And and that kind of leads me down to this that you know we had a guy kind of come at us a little bit on on Twitter talking about Owen Sound and how we're all against Owen Sound and it's nothing against Owen Sound, the North Stars, that entire community. I want to be really clear on this. I have nothing against that that region and i think actually the msl and and i know senior b does really well up in that area i think they're going to do really well for me it's that's not the issue the issue is how the the transaction happened and the fact that they yanked a team with 150 years out of that market like it was nothing that's that's the part that bothered me and i'll, I'll reiterate that too we've never once shit on Owen Sound on this on this podcast. Yeah, no one's ever said won't. no one's ever said that they don't deserve a team because I think they should do. Have and they an tried they should have gotten one the expansion. That's the issue. That's the issue. The MSL has not wanted to expand. Um and that's and that's where it lies. Yeah. Even though they've got the numbers and the bodies and the players and the talent to to do it by a couple teams, I think. Um they don't they don't want to and Owen Sound didn't get their team and then now they have one under these circumstances. Yeah. So so with, I, I I hope the Brampton will get an expansion team and somehow be able to reclaim that branding. Me too. And it sounds like the right bodies are fighting for that to happen. Yeah. Uh, so with all that being said, like I know it's it's come across here that I've been like harshing on Ontario for the last few weeks, but trust me when I say this. Like if this kind of crap was going on in BC or Alberta or Nova Scotia or whatever. My intention would be just as focused and just as critical as it is on what's going on in Ontario right now. And with that said, like I've asked some executives from the Ontario Junior A Lacrosse League to come on to the program and have been declined. Like straight up, 
we got better things to do than talk to you on your podcast sort of thing. So it's not like I haven't tried to, to have some balance and have some people on to represent that league and talk about what, and maybe Brad, there is some grandmaster plan, some sort of scheme that vision that I have no idea about that the long-term the short-term pain is going to pay off for long-term gain here. Like maybe something behind the scenes is going on that I am just so completely in the dark about and they have this plan and this vision and it's going to go. I hope that to be the case, but nobody's talking to me or letting me in on that, those discussions. So all I can do is rely on other people that are having those discussions with those people. And that's what I've done over the last few weeks here. And BC has been quiet. We're not afraid to talk about missteps from the WLA or the BC Junior A Lacrosse. We've done that here numerous and multiple My times. Goodness, BC's, ever, BC's yeah. been quiet. And when they start talking, when they do roll out their plan, yes, we have a WLA schedule. Um, the BCJ has been quiet. We've been trying to, we've got friends in that, in that league and, and trying to get word on when they might announce uh, their plans, which we'll get to your next quick stick, I guess. Mm. Um, but we'll talk about that when it happens, but it's just been so quiet. There are no, branch out league starting here in BC that we can, we can discuss right now. Um, and until, until we hear a, a plan from, from Carl and the commissioner of the BC junior lacrosse league. Yeah. There's we'll no, comment, there's we'll, we'll no comment when the time comes the... on what their summer plan is. That's what we do on the show. So when the news comes, we will talk about it. It's just been mute quiet out of yeah, British Columbia. There's no right teams now. leaving the WLA. There's no, you know, fight for you. 22s. There's no, startup leagues happening there's no player rights movements issues going on there's just not so uh it's what we're talking i just kind of wanted to lay that out there like i got like honestly i i have nothing against anybody but this is these are the things that are happening if those yeah if those headlines are going to come out we're going to be sitting here talking exactly. about them that's what this, this is what this podcast is a few for. more headlines to get through on quick sticks here so let's uh do it and you mentioned uh, the cla the canadian lacrosse association alluding to national championships and uh it's a it's a weight situation here brad i think they they're they met i want to say last week which would be mid-March, and they said, let's wait a couple more months here into May before we make any decisions on whether we're going ahead, postponing, what have you. And and what this does, Brad, is it puts a strain on especially minor teams that have to plan, Team Ontario, Team BC, whatever, have to fundraise to make it to national championships. For teams in Junior A, Junior B, Senior B, Senior A, they don't find out until – they win their league, whether they're going to the championship or not. So unless you're hosting, that's the team that has to plan for everything and, and get ready. But for those other teams in major lacrosse, you don't really find out whether you're going to a national championship or not until late into the summer. So you don't really have that excuse. Like we can't be ready. So for me, I'm saying like, be ready to go. Whether you have a training camp, a shortened season, shortened playoffs, whatever, be ready because you may it may happen. We're just not going to find out until May. Well, and what what's another six weeks? What's really? another six five five six weeks? Where we've been waiting a year and a half. I think I think that's not going to not going to hurt too many people. Just to recap, founders in Brampton, right? Presidents is uh, Okotoks or not Okotoks, Leduc, Alberta, I believe. Leduc, Alberta, Hee-haw. Mm-hmm. and Minto will be uh, Ontario in the, Ontario's champion city Correct. as of as of as of right now. That is. Oh, and the other thing I wanted to mention on all that, I mentioned last week that that 
Ontario Junior A, BC Junior A, and Alberta Junior A all have to agree on the circumstances surrounding the Minto Cup. That is not actually the case. It's the member associations that have to all be in agreement. So the OLA, BCLA, and Alberta Lacrosse have to all be in agreement on the Minto Cup. Not the leagues, it's the, the governing bodies, which adds another layer to things. And that's why these kind of things between Ontario Junior A Lacrosse League and the OLA are happening. Is that right. that made way more sense to me once I kind of figured that part out. No, for sure. Okay, last uh, three here. Shout out to the Kowalik brothers of Victoria, former Victoria Shamrocks, saving the life of another Victoria former Shamrock in Tory Gardner. The boys went on a hike. The Kowalik brothers, I believe one of them a fireman. And I guess the hike was a strenuous one enough where Tory collapsed. And without the first aid and CPR and all the rest of it from one of the Kowalik boys, Tory's not with us anymore. So these guys deserve some recognition, uh, recognition, lifesavers, uh, former Victoria Shamrocks, Kowalik brothers, and and Tory, like, jeez, scary. Yeah, putting well, God's God's country, and they're putting uh, and they're doing God's work up there. Like, well, well done, well done, boys. And yeah, for all three, they didn't. I don't think they played together in Victoria, but all three were Shamrocks at one point. Yes. All, all up there doing their thing is uh, lacrosse tough, I guess. You bet. So that's good news there. Upstate College Box Lacrosse League. We've seen this in Colorado, Ohio, Connecticut. Now the Buffalo Bandits and Rochester Nighthawks are teaming up to start uh, Upstate College Box Lacrosse League, Brad. And this is what more NLL teams need to do, get behind this development program for college-age players to start playing box lacrosse to get themselves ready for the pro game. I love it. Nighthawks and Bandits teaming up. Good stuff there. Last one I have here, Brad. It, uh, like I mentioned last week, we, we had a little uh, great question. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, it was up for debate. We had to send it to review for referee crew chief Todd LeBranch. And uh, as I expected, crew chief LeBranch listening into the program got a response from him uh, over the weekend, Brad. And I'm just going to read this verbatim to you. This is coming right from the referee's mouth, so there's Let's really... Let's go upstairs, NLL Wired. All right, here is my take on the ruling. In keeping with my rationale for you or Brad saying, quote, good question to the other, in seeing it, it's like an own goal. It's one point per question, regardless of the number of times good or great question has been said in the same question. So Brad gets one point for your three great questions. The score now well, we gotta, is we gotta, six. We four. got a call going our way. We got a call going you our got way. You are one. You're not getting three. Six four for yours truly. Six four. We're chipping away. That's quick sticks for EP one twenty four. We're going to the fourth stampede stallion of the week is next. Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Jesse King of the Calgary Roughnecks and Victoria Shamrocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified, growing the game one podcast at a time. 
Fourth quarter time. We are back on Lax Glass. Thanks to our friends at Associated Labels and Packaging. At Associated LP, as in labels and packaging, they focus on people, they focus on ethics, and they focus on quality. And those are things that you want when you're buying a label or package. AssociatedLP.com, environmentally friendly, cutting-edge technology, and the environment is always on the forefront. you got to love it. Associated Labels and Packaging, been with us since day one. Fourth quarter, we now do the Stampede Stallion of the Week. It's time, Brad. Let's head to the stables. There we go. Uh, the horses are out of the barn, so to speak, Brad. Uh, Stampede Stallion of the Week brought to you by Stampede Tack and Westernware. And you mentioned... Uh, Back in quarter two, about the Storm Rider. Well, the Storm Rider always needs a partner. And if you've ever been by the store, and hopefully you will one day, lots of boots to go with those Storm Riders. They got them all CSA work boots, Canadian made boots, cowboy boots, Blundstone boots, Cloverdale 180th, Highway 10. They've been there since 1966. Plaid shirts, belt, you name it. Check out their website because shopping online is still shopping local. And I guarantee you're going to find something that you just love and you're going to buy it. So do it. Stampede.ca. No, excuse me. Stampede. What am I? I'm losing my mind here, Brad. Stampede. It is Stampede.ca. I don't know how they got that handle all those years ago. Like, no. talk about foresight. There you go. Uh, Stampede.ca. We're shopping online, still shopping local. And proud presenters of. They might not be that proud anymore, but. <laughs> presenters of our this stand- is their final week sponsoring this segment <laughs> Stamp- stallion of the week brad it's your pick bail me out here brad cree ladies and gentlemen i know the stampede the stampede stallion of the week don't make me butcher it now no, you, you're sorry. Me. Stampede the stampede stallion of the week here we sort of represent underdogs and guys that aren't going to be nominated for mvp or big awards or all-star teams but somewhere hell, pat greg war is dancing right now just so you know pat yeah, greg was gonna, dancing around his living room yeah but this, this guy should okay so the brad cree maybe underappreciated the last couple seasons because when you look at what he's done for the Toronto rock uh, in the last three, four years, in the last three years, especially near the top of the league in loose balls, near the top of the league in cause turnovers, takes faceoffs for his team, chips in in transition, uh, doesn't take a lot of penalty minutes, plays a pretty clean but aggressive and physical old school cross-checking lacrosse game, 6-3-2-20, He's a bunch of meat back there, and he's a solid defender that doesn't get enough credit, and that's why Brad Cree is this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. Acton, Ontario, birthday coming up in July. Um, you know, 2018, 18 games. 2017, 18 games. You go back to early in his career, Brad. Vancouver Stealth, 2013, 2014, just played three games. In 2014-2015, played 14 games, and then was just cut. Let go. Fell out of favor with Jamie Batley and, and I guess, Doug Locker, who I think felt like Brad needed to play meaner or tougher or bigger. Like, they wanted him to 
to be nasty. Much like Tyson Rowe, that's just not in Brad's DNA. And there's so many other things that Brad Curry brings to the table that I just don't think he needed to do that. Yeah, and just it's clear that he just didn't. People, people see big guys sometimes and they think that guy needs to be the toughest guy on the floor but it doesn't necessarily always have to be that way and not take anything away from Brad Cree's physical prowess. Like the guy will stand up for himself. He had 41 pims in Toronto in 2017, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll chuck them and he's physical. He it's does the play physical balls. lacrosse game. It's the shutdown. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the, the face-offs. Like it's it's all... the battles that he wins. Like his face-off percentages just, you know, just hover over 500. Um, but the guy wins loose balls. So even when he went, he loses a draw. He's still able to maybe cause a turnover and get that ball back for his team yeah. and still be a presence on that floor, playing PK minutes, doing everything for that, that rock team. And, you know, I think he's part of that rock pile. Oh, he crew. Got like pretty... up in a hurry when he, by Toronto, when as soon as they found out he was free. Yeah. Agent. Like he was yeah. went, went home. Maybe we can. Yeah. And, and, and now seeing him at the track, like as one of those voices, one of the big coaches there, Showing his showing off his IQ and only getting smarter by the day. He's 28 and still has a lot of years left in him, um, and, but doesn't get enough credit. Has the numbers to have been a defensive player of the year candidate the last couple of years. Yeah, and not I, just my opinion, but Pat Gregoire's opinion as well. Oh my goodness, uh, I, Pat would put a, a ring on that if he could. I think, but I'm just looking for a Paul Tutka tweet about Brad Creed. Did you see this one? He let oh man, I should have had this pulled up and ready to go previous. But there was a stat that like man, I wish I could find it. But it was about Brad Cree and the the list of players that he was on with those players and he was the only guy to accomplish it. God, that's gonna bother me. Oh, well, he that. was on the when Putaka put out that list of most um most important or most effective players in the league and yes. important to their team. He was up there with the likes of, of Mitch Jones and Callum Crawford and Rob Hellyer. And absolutely. So I, I really like, uh, I really like the pick here from, from you this week. And uh, Brad Cree, I know listens to the podcast here, welcome to the stable Brad Cree. You were this week's stampede stallion of the week. And that is going to wrap up episode 124 not before i tell you don't forget to give us a follow on social media i'm at pxp for sports brad is at brad chow the show is at lacrosse classified or lax class i told you about the email address earlier as well subscribe to the podcast people hit that subscribe button throw a review down as well that really helps us out and uh, we'd appreciate it if you guys could do that and uh, what else, Brad? Big thank you goes out to our sponsors, of course. Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, Associate Labels and Packaging for their continued support. And to you, the listener, for, for checking out Last Class every single week. We really, really appreciate it. Last thank you goes out to Jamie Dowick for coming on to talk about Terry Sanderson. And we will be back next week for EP 125 thanks for listening to this one for Brad Challoner I've been Jay Kelly and for the fastest game on two feet for the creator be safe and be healthy everybody 